Hi friends, and welcome to another episode of Cat's Common Corner. This podcast was created by CanLearn Society to help educate parents on children's social and emotional learning. Hi, I'm Kat. I'm a registered psychologist, and I'm here to provide a calm voice and a guiding hand to help support your family's social and emotional development. In our last couple of episodes, we've really focused on friendships and relationships. We've talked about the basics, like how to start good conversations, what to look for in a healthy friendships, and how our actions can really impact how other people can think and feel about us. Today, we're getting a little bit more advanced, and we're talking about a skill that is not only important for children, but teenagers and adults. And it's something that we all struggle with every once in a while. So today's topic, being assertive. Let's talk about it. Assertiveness. Man, oh man, do we all struggle to be assertive. Assertiveness is sometimes very uncomfortable. It's really going out of that comfort zone and bringing up topics that you might not want to talk about. Things that might be a little bit sensitive or that you know are going to bring up some arguments or some uneasy feelings. So why is it so important for us to be assertive? And why do we need to teach our children's assertiveness? Being assertive is all about sharing with others how you think and feel, setting boundaries, but also doing it in a respectful, calm, and kind way. And this is a really hard skill for us to do. Many of us grew up not even knowing what the skill was called. And when we did try to stand up for ourselves, we got such a sour taste in our mouth or the people around us didn't handle it so well that we ended up just kind of backing off and going back into our cave and deciding, "Hmm, this isn't for me. The problem is when we aren't assertive, it can actually cause more damage than good. Although it might feel easier to just ignore the problem or not bring it up, it can actually cause some long-term consequences. If you do not share that something makes you feel uncomfortable or that you don't want to do it, well, people can't read your mind. They won't know that, and they might keep asking you to do it. And all of a sudden, when you do decide to speak up, it can be very confusing because over the last year, this was never an issue. Why did it change now? Or you might worry you've dug yourself into a deep hole. I've already said yes to this so many times. I can't say no now. There's an expectation. It's too late. And you feel like you keep having to say yes to things that maybe you don't really want to do or don't agree with. The good news is we can start building assertiveness skill at any age and at any time. And just because before we didn't speak up doesn't mean that it's too late now. With our children, it's important to instill this skill at an early age. This is a skill you'll see them with their friends using. This is a skill that you'll see them using with yourself as a parent or even with their teacher. And it's okay if you have an opinion, 
It's okay if you disagree. It's all about how we share that information. Let's start with the basics, explaining assertiveness. It's important to talk about different communication styles when it comes to your children. And you gotta start with a basic foundation. What is communication? Communication is talking, sharing your feelings, it's explaining to others what you think and what you feel. And one key thing that I really make sure to ask them is, is communication important in friendships, in relationships, and in solving problems in those relationships? Because communication is more than talking. It's more than me just saying, I like your shoes, or blue is my favorite color. Communication is being able to keep a relationship, to go through those hard times, and to problem solve as well. We know communication. We know it's important. But your child might not know that there are different styles of communication, and it's important to teach them. For those of you with younger kids, I would stick to the three main communication styles, passive, aggressive, and assertive. For those of you whose children are a little bit more mature or more advanced in this topic, you can even add passive aggressive in there. And I'm going to walk through each and one of each and every one of those and how I like to explain it in a really simple and easy way that makes sense. The first one I started off with is aggressive. We've all heard of aggressive. In fact, many of your kids who are in sports probably can give you some type of definition about aggressive. But it's good to see where your child is at. So ask them, hey, have you heard of the word aggressive before? What does it mean? It's you're rough, you're mean, you're tough, you're angry. Cool. Okay, those are some really great start. Let's talk a little bit more. If someone is aggressive, and they don't like what your opinion or what you said, are they going to let you know? Yes. Is it going to be in the kind and respectful way? Probably not. I like to call aggressive rough and tough. It's when you share your opinion, but you don't always do it in the most respectful way. It's when you get really heated and angry in conversation. So it can feel hard for other people to talk to you. And you're not always doing your best listening. It's more like you're constantly thinking of what's the next thing I'm going to say to prove to them that my opinion is right. An aggressive person might interrupt. They might get louder. They might walk away if they don't like what you're saying. But they can be really hard to communicate with. An easy way to think about this is an aggressive person only cares about themselves. Their opinion is right, yours is wrong, and there's no in between. Then we move on to passive. A lot of kids haven't heard of the word passive before, and this one can get confusing. So what is a passive person? A passive person is someone who cares so much about what everybody thinks. They want to make sure everyone is happy, even if they're not. So, hey, you forgot your lunch? Why don't you have mine? I'm hungry and I didn't eat anything all day, but I want you to be happy. Oh, hey, you can't see the board? Why don't you sit in my spot? I can't see it either and I'm not comfortable standing, but it's okay. I want you to be happy. And it gets even deeper than these simple things. It could be like, Hey, you don't have any money right now? Well, I brought this money for my lunch, but you can have it. 
or it could turn into, hey, I don't really feel like doing this, but I don't want to upset you. So I'm going to do things that I don't always feel comfortable or feel right with. I'm going to pick on this kid or steal this object or ignore this person uh, just because you told me to and I don't want to upset you. It's almost like they are too nice. They don't want to speak up. They don't want to share their feelings. What's wrong with that? And that's what's really important for you to ask your child because we're in a world where we're taught being nice is good. It's great. And it is. But we never teach the other side of being too nice can actually cause some harm. So what's wrong with saying yes to everything, even though you don't agree? Well, number one, people can take advantage of you. Number two is no one can read your mind. And they might not know that this upsets you. And maybe your friend actually cares about you. But they don't want to see you upset, but they don't know because they can't read your mind. In order for us to build healthy relationships, part of that is sharing who we are and what we like and what we don't like. Sometimes being passive can actually get us into trouble. So imagine a kid who's lactose intolerant or allergic to peanuts, and their friend wants to share their lunch with them because their friend is really kind and they love sharing. But that kid doesn't want to upset them, so they say, yeah, and they end up eating something with peanuts, and they know there's peanuts in there, or drinking something with lactose in it, and they end up getting really sick. I really like to give that visual example, because sometimes people say, being too nice can't do anything that bad, but it really can hurt us. When we're too nice, we can get in situations where we hurt ourselves, and we regret it. Sometimes it might build up, build up, build up until we explode and then we end up being aggressive and that's the whole thing we were avoiding, isn't it? Yikes. It's really confusing to try to communicate your feelings, isn't it? I get it. So if an aggressive person only cares about themselves, a passive person only cares about other people, what would be the perfect mix? That's when we bring up assertiveness. Your child might not remember what passive or aggressive, assertive, what the words are, but they'll remember the meanings. An assertive person is honest. They communicate with you. They listen. They share. If they disagree with you, they'll let you know, but they also give space to hear your opinion and they respect yours. So, hey, if we don't like the same movie, that's totally fine. Hey, if you think you know, math is better and I think social studies is better, that's totally fine as well. They understand that different people can have different opinions out there. And if there's something that they really care about, they talk about it. They let you know and they explain their opinion in a really calm way. Assertive person cares about themselves, but also cares about others. Wow. This is the optimal stage. This is where I would love all of us to be. And even as adults, it's hard. What's the problem with being assertive? Well, it means having uncomfortable conversations. It might mean disappointing someone or not being able to please everyone around us. And we have to teach ourselves that that is also okay. An assertive person is 
a communication style that I hope our children have now with their friends. They bring it up with their teachers if they see something isn't quite right with future relationships and even in their work settings. An assertive person is a leader. They are strong. They listen. They respect. And they're someone who's really easy to communicate to and talk to. And they make problem solving so much easier because it's collaborative. And that's what we really hope to achieve. So how can we be assertive? Well, let me teach you a quick little template that you can teach your children and that you can use to help develop those assertive skills. This template is called an I statement, or some people call it an I message. And it's a really simple and easy way for you to share how you're feeling or if you disagree with a situation, but doing it in a respectful way. This was actually invented in couples therapy. So this is actually invented for adults, but we found, hey, it works really well for all ages. When it comes to an I statement, you call it an I statement because you started off by explaining how I feel. A lot of times when we have heated conversations or arguments, we bring up the word you a lot. So again, let me bring it back to my couples therapy example. You're in an argument with your significant other and you say, well, you never listen. You're always late. You don't care. You throw out the trash. You, 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 you. That can seem quite attacking, can't it? And when people feel personally attacked, they shut down. They feel like that's not a conversation piece that they want to be a part of. So we need to really change the way we speak and our words can have such strong powers. Changing a statement from what you did to how I feel makes it much more approachable. So an I statement has three parts, plus the bonus if you would like to add it. Number one, I feel. Share how you feel. The person around you might have a good guess, but we're never fully sure because we can't read people's mind. Keep your feelings to one or two words. Keep them short and keep them clear. I feel frustrated. I feel overwhelmed. I feel angry. It's good to make sure you share your feelings. But the reason why I say keep it short is one time I was teaching this to a group of kids and this little girl came back to me the next day and she said, Kat, I used an iMessage with my mom. I'm so proud of myself. I said, awesome. Can you tell me what you told her? And she said, I said, I feel overwhelmed, betrayed, backstabbed by my own mother, devastated, frustrated, angry, furious. I said, whoa, that's a lot of emotions. But people stop listening after several emotions. We want to make sure our message is heard. We want to make sure it's clear to the point, And that's by keeping it to emotions max. I feel frustrated and I feel overwhelmed. Cool. Now, does the person know why you're frustrated or overwhelmed? Hmm, maybe not. And that's when you need to add when you. What did that person specifically do that made you feel that way? And again, we're talking about the action. We're keeping our examples specific and short. Saying things like, well, when you're mean or when you always ignore me. Well, first of all, always very general. Second of all, mean, 
that could mean so many things. You didn't talk to me. You, um, you know, said something mean. You uh, didn't put my clothes in the laundry. That can be taken so many ways, and we don't want that ambiguity. We want to be specific and clear. So, hey, I feel upset when you broke my pencil. I feel overwhelmed when you repeat all the things that I have to get done today. Uh, I feel really frustrated when I come home and the garbage is still laying by the floor. You're teaching how you feel and the specific action that it comes with. Next, we have to explain the why. The why is crucial. The why is so important because everyone interprets things differently. I feel upset when you broke my pencil. So what, cat? It's a pencil. Let's not make things a big deal. Let's not make things bigger than they are. Well, I feel upset when you broke my pencil because my grandma gave that to me and I rarely see her. Whoa, that really changed our message, didn't it? Adding the why can really add empathy and can really change and explain the reason why you feel the way you do. You know, I feel really overwhelmed when you repeat all the list of things I have to do uh, because I've had a really hard day at work and my boss said this and this about me. I feel really frustrated when I come home and the garbage is still laying on the side because I've had a long day at work and this makes me feel like I have to do more. Explaining the why is crucial. The last step is adding a bonus part and that's, I would like you to. Um, this is a great one to add if your partner, your friend, is unsure of what they should do next. They know this upsets you, but they don't know how to solve it. That's when you offer them what your expectations are. You know, um, I would like on Tuesdays for the garbage to be out on time. Is that something we can work on? Uh, I'd like you to be more careful with my stuff when you were on my pencil. You know, I would like you to maybe send me a text, uh, but after work, maybe that's something we don't talk about. These are great ways for you to explain what you need at the time. Now, here's the thing with an iMessage. It doesn't stand on its own. There's some additional things that are important as well. Number one is the timing. If your friend or partner is in a bad mood, they've also had a long day, this is not a good time to talk about it. So asking, hey, I want to share something with you. Is this an okay time? And hey, uh, there's an important conversation I want to have. Do you have the mindset for this right now? And asking before we unload is a big one. Next, make sure you're calm. If you're noticing you're getting frustrated, it's okay to put a pause on this conversation as well. So, you know, I hear you, but I also am noticing I'm getting overwhelmed and I want to make sure that I listen to this whole conversation. Can we take a break and resume later? And third, be prepared for this iMessage to come with a conversation piece. Your friend or partner might share an iMessage back to you. Hey, I feel overwhelmed when I have to ask uh, for something to get done three or four times. How can we communicate that better? Or when would be the best time for me to ask you then? And going back and forth is a natural part of being assertiveness and problem solving. It's not just you sharing something and expecting someone to automatically accommodate 
and listen and solve. It's going back and forth to find a solution. Now, of course, kids aren't always at that level yet, and that might be too advanced. So simply sharing with them an iMessage and saying, what if you give your iMessage and the person says, I don't care, or they're not ready to talk, what do we do? And talking about things like giving them space, maybe repeating an iMessage, maybe giving an adult. But in the end, if I've done everything I can, I can't control other people. I can only control myself. And if this person isn't ready for my iMessage, then maybe that means we need to take some space in our relationship. Doesn't mean I'm mean or rude to them. Doesn't mean I don't care. Just means we need some space because right now, things aren't communicating the best way possible and we don't want to upset each other. And hey, maybe this just might mean this friendship isn't the healthiest for me. And that's also okay. iMessages are hard. They take time and practice. So when you're teaching this with your kids, have a visual, have a poster, allow them to practice with someone they feel comfortable and safe with. Give it time, let them write it down. And you know what? If they're not able to do a full I message, but they can only start the I feel part, that is a success in itself. The final thing I wanna share about I messages is they can use to be solve a problem. They can also be used as a compliment. Hey, I feel so proud when you pack your lunch because it shows me that you're growing so much and you're responsible. Thank you for doing that. And it's important to teach our kids that it's not just problem solving that's important in being assertive, but also identifying things that you appreciate. When you give people compliments, when you show you appreciate them, they feel like they matter and they're more likely to hold on to that relationship and keep doing the behavior that you just mentioned in your compliment. Parents, start using this in your everyday language. Use it as compliments, use it as problem solving and work every little aspect that you can because this is a lifelong skill and many of us as adults are still struggling. Before I leave, I'd like to give you a challenge for this week. I think challenges are important as they help us really understand and develop. So this week, I want you to use an iMessage. Use it with your coworker, your spouse, your sibling, or your child. But see how it feels. Is it as easy as it sounds? Did it become uncomfortable? Did you stumble on your words? And how did that conversation piece go? That's all for today. I hope that this week you learned something new about you and your family and being assertive. Take care, and we'll chat soon. Bye.